Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Here's Trey Biddy. How's your Friday going, Trey? Busy. Busy. Busy Friday. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, okay. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so busy because of Arkansas playing South Carolina. Anything interesting there? Oh, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of interesting, Rick. I mean, <laughs> there's a, yeah, it's an opportunity for Arkansas to put two, two wins together in the SEC against a South Carolina team that's 14-3 and three this season. And, you know, South Carolina's interesting because they don't – like, you look at the numbers, they're – you know, near the bottom of the SEC in points per game, field goal percentage. Um, you know, they don't get to the free throw line and, sh- and make a bunch of free throws. Um, they're not super high in rebounds. They're, you know, towards the bottom of the SEC in rebound stuff, but they're 14 and 3. And so they're doing yeah. something right, obviously. Yeah. Um, Michi Johnson, obviously, is their, their star. He's a guy that's gotten better for them every year. Uh, four out of their top five players. Uh, weren't with them last year. They're you know, they're all transfers, and Johnson it would be the only other one. He's, um, you know, he's uh, Ohio State two years ago. Um, then they got one of their guys, their guards out. Uh, he had a shoulder injury, um, and so he won't be playing. He's out two to three weeks. So, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff about this matchup, and I would expect a fantastic crowd on Saturday coming off the Texas A&M win, and you know, with the weather the way it's been, and I think. I think fans will be anxious to get out there for a noon tip-off. Weather has been lousy. At least the streets are all clear, so people ought to be able to get there okay. And uh, so you're right, it ought to be a heck of a crowd. Really, considering the weather, Tuesday night's crowd was pretty good and enthusiastic. And in the first round, first half, they're roaring. And in the second half, they're gulping, uh, hoping Arkansas can hang on, right? Well, Yeah. I mean, it was definitely tail two halves. Arkansas started off like 60, over 60% from the floor of the, the first half of the first half. And uh, the second half, it was like 25% <laughs> the whole time. So, yeah, right. yeah, it was amazing how the game unfolded. Uh, Arkansas was up 20 at one point, two points, they were up 20. And then second half, they just, A&M just kept chipping away, chipping away, ton of foul calls. And then the display that uh, Wade Taylor and Tremont Mark put on was outstanding. And just especially the way the way the game ended, you had hated to see with Tremont Mark going up over 30 points to lose that game because he missed a free throw at the end and obviously took things in his own hands. And, you know, it's, it's a interesting, it's an interesting dynamic with the Arkansas basketball lineup yeah. because yeah. it's, you know, we know we can count on Mark. Uh, to be out there, and he's been pretty consistent. You know, Jeremiah Davenport off the bench has been pretty consistent, and uh, Brazil, uh, in terms of minutes played, has been pr- really consistent. Uh, but beyond that, it's just like it's a little bit of everything. I mean, Devo Davis, you know, zero points, zero rebounds, and then the next game, what do you have? Seven points and six rebounds, and you know, kick somebody in the groin, and <laughs> you just <laughs> you never know what you'll get out of Devo and. Uh, Jalen Graham too, and Makai Mitchell. I mean, it's it's just been it's just been a different crew. It seems like every single game, a different starting lineup, and um, you know, but he still generally goes with seven, eight guys. It's just 
different seven, eight guys aside from the ones that we mentioned uh, week after week. So it would be nice to start getting zeroed in, getting some consistency, uh, feeling like you know what you're going to get out of each guy. But uh, that's that's just been hard to come by this year. We get uh, <clears throat> Joe's opinion on our show every week, and sometimes it's easier to ask questions than it is other times. And certainly it was nice talking to him about the uh, minutes he got against Florida, and then he got none against uh, – Yeah in the win against Texas A&M. So it's just almost inexplicable sometimes the way Musselman does substitute, isn't it? Right. But as he will, as he actually put it, it's uh, – and I asked him this question yesterday. Was that yesterday, I think? Yeah. Um, about some of the choices, you know, that they make. And he said, you know, unfortunately for fans and media, he said we practice behind the scenes. And there's – a you know, go through all the summer, there's a lot of things that go into it. But – you're right. Layden Blocker was the darling for Arkansas in the Florida yeah. game. Post-game yeah. press conference plays less than a minute in, the, in yeah. the ensuing game, you know. And Joe's opinion drew a lot of praise for his play uh, and didn't play at all in the next game. Those guys had, what, 14 and 12 points, respectively, yes, I guess. that's right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but I, I also think that there, maybe there's a chance that those games served a purpose in a lot of ways to show mm-hmm. other players. Motivate like, some other guys. Yeah, we'll just play other people. We're going to play guys yeah. that hustle. And, yeah. you know, I think if they had come out in that Texas A&M game and recognized that, you know, or didn't recognize that, um, you know, they needed to up their energy level in this game, um, then he probably would have pulled them again. I think it was a great opportunity for L. Ellis, for example. I mean, L. Ellis, L. Ellis had not played more than 10 minutes in a game since the Duke game. I mean, that's been back in November. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. And then got 31 in this one, had 15 points. I think he went 8 of 8 from the free throw line, which is obviously very critical in a one-point game. Um, but maybe that's a you know a message to him. L. Ellis averaged 17.7 points and like five assists at Louisville last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and now is, yeah. I mean, just a shadow of that. So, Disappeared But they need him. They need L. Ellis. They need Devo Davis to be Devo Davis that we see that – you know, changes games, the chaos that he brings out there. You know, sometimes it's, it isn't always pretty and, you know, jump shots off the wrong foot and, you know, kicking guys in the groin, whether it's on purpose or not. But, you know, there's there's also some beauty in what Debo brings out there in, in terms right. of um, the chaos. And, um, you know, when he gets hot, it's, it's really, really fun to watch. I don't know if there's – I don't know if there, I've ever had a more emotional feeling moment, maybe aside from, like, winning the national championship – then watching Devo after the Kansas game, you know, the oh performance gosh. that he put on and this Absolutely the post-game amazing. press conference and yeah. uh, Musselman saying, you know, I feel like he's my son. Uh, I just <laughs> thought it was just one of those moments that we'll always remember. Yep. And, you know, Devo's been a part of this team the whole time. Like he's yep. the the staple of, uh, you know, Musselman's last four teams. And so, uh, you know, everybody has their, you know, everybody has their moments and, you know, everybody has their their downtimes too, and you know, just you, we need to get see them get to a point where they're putting it all together. I mean, I'm, it's no secret this this team is very much in danger of not making the NCAA tournament, and and the only thing that's going to fix that is to start going on a run. So, Trey, I've got we've got a call for you, but before we uh, answer that call, I have to insert. If Eric Musselman said, "Unfortunately for the media and fans, we practice behind closed doors." Could you not have responded immediately? You're the one that sets the policies. We'd be happy to come watch you practice if you'd allow us to. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he's allowed some open practices here and there. But, really? Uh, in the last month? No, no, no. Okay. Gosh, thank no. you very much. <laughs> All you have to do is say, well, that's because it's your policy. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be at practice. When no one was here, we went to every practice. How's that? Yeah. I don't anyway, know if he's worried about me. <laughs> I don't think he's worried about that at all. You're right. Yeah. Let's go to Jeff in North Little Rock. Jeff, you got a question or comment for Trey? Yes, and before I do that, may I ask you about, uh, isn't that uh, Arkansas-Alabama gymnastics on television tonight? If it is, it would be on SEC Network. I, I haven't checked. I'm, they I'm, usually they usually do Friday night gymnastics, and that's got to be the I'm, premier gymnastics meet. I believe it is. That's going to be worth watching. Yeah. And, uh, my two questions would be, one is, uh, I mean, I went to South Carolina, but I grew up in Arkansas, so I love uh, to root for both. As far as losing Rockets, though, we lost them. We lost him to South Carolina. Yeah. And uh, we seem to have lost some players to them because of the coordinator. Is that correct? Dow Loggins. Yeah, the they, they go over there for him. There, and, yeah. And Rocket, I guess, is going to succeed better than he did at Arkansas. I'm just confused as to why he left. Is that the reason why he left? And then I have a question about the NIL. Yeah, well, I think maybe there's a uh, definitely a chance that NIL played a role in it. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, have opportunity to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you know, sometimes you got to choose your battles. I, I personally felt like there were times where Rocket maybe could have played and, and didn't. Um, yeah, and yeah. I hate to comment on player injuries and stuff, but sometimes somebody sees somebody having more value as somebody else might. You know, same situation could be probably said for um, Christopher Paul, you know. So I, I just think that, you know, it kind of goes like like to the NFL draft. Like it just takes one team to, to draft a guy and, you know, suddenly you're a first-rounder. Well, maybe none of the other teams really felt like you were a first-rounder. So, uh, But they well, definitely viewed him as a guy that had – uh, high upside, and he has a relationship, obviously, with Dow Loggins, who also brought Trey Knox there last year. Um, you know, yeah. Jimmy Smith seems to get mentioned every single time that there is a uh, a running back's job open, but obviously he hasn't ended up there the last two years. And then, you know, John Scott left Arkansas for South Carolina. Justin Stepp left Arkansas for South Carolina. I believe Stepp is now tight ends coach there. You might be wrong. I think that's true. Sorry we so, lost him, but uh... – I, the other question I have, and then I appreciate you allowing me to ask it, taking my call, is about the NIL and, and Nick Saban. From what I understand, uh, Coach Saban is not happy with the NIL, even though I know he's retired. And being that he has retired, do you know if there's any plans for him to help fix this problem? The N- it looks to me, fellas, that the NIL is running, it runs rampant without any kind of uh, ceiling. I mean, even, even the NFL has ceilings. You know, you've got your uh, ceiling where you can only go so far. You only got this much money you can spend. But if yeah. if you're Alabama or Georgia or, or uh, somebody else, Michigan maybe even, you're going to get the best players because you got more money. It doesn't well, sound. I would. I will say this. right to me. Yeah, I will say this. I think a lot of people Thanks, would Bill. be surprised. Okay, Jeff. Thank you. On maybe some of the money that you know some of these schools like Alabama or Georgia are actually spending. It's not. There is a lure to Alabama and a lure to Georgia from players because they know if they get if they go there and they do well. 
they're going to be drafted in the NFL. They're going to make millions of dollars. And plus, there's the prestige of playing at, you know, Alabama or Georgia. I think some people would be surprised that maybe they're not spending quite as much money as people think. And look at the transfer portal right now. It's littered with Alabama players suddenly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it seems like Alabama would just be able to. Hey, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll boost up your uh, we'll boost your NIL money and just stick around, right? But that doesn't seem. I guarantee you, if those guys were getting more NIL money, they would probably consider sticking around. So yeah. I think that is you know kind of telling right now. But the caller's right. Um, college football is the least regulated, and basketball. I mean, it's, those are the least regulated sports um, in America. You can go all the way down to peewee football and as high as the professional ranks. There's nothing more loosely defined and cavalier as college football and college baseball and college basketball. I mean, it's all, all of it, any college sport. You can just leave whenever you want, right? And, you know, a team may invest in you and bring you in, develop you as a, you know, freshman, uh, maybe even take a chance on you when others wouldn't and develop you and um, you can just leave and there's yeah. no repercussions at all because there's nothing holding you there <laughs> it's free and clear transfer it's to the highest bidder and that's just you know there's no transparency you don't know how much anybody's offering or what anybody else is paying and it's just that's where you are and I think it's hard to judge coaches now I think it's hard to judge coaches as recruiters you can Work your tail off recruiting a guy and do everything right, build the relationship. But you know what? You're 50,000 short. You're 50,000 short on this guy. And all any of the fans are going to see, because there's no transparency, is this guy missed on a recruit. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you there's a few things that probably played into Nick Saban's retirement, one of it being, you know, he's, what is he, 71? That's probably one thing. 72? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one thing. Maybe it's the idea that it's the end of an era with them going to the 12-team playoff. Maybe that's something that, um, you know, he viewed as a marker maybe for his retirement. And I guarantee you NIL and the situation, the, the landscape of college football, because he's spoken out against that, um, you know, how things are done, you know, for a long time. So probably all of those things played a role in, in yeah. him deciding to retire. Yeah, he, he participated in the NIL. I'm sure he used it, but he did, didn't mean he was fond of it. And to the other answer, answer to his other question, Nick Saban is going to serve as an advisor to Alabama athletics, specifically football, and he's going to have an office in their stadium. But I don't believe that the NCAA or the SEC or anybody else is hiring him to fix the NIL pro problem, and I'm not sure he'd know how to fix it anyway. Now, the well, other now thing is – yeah, go when, ahead, you, when you think of these guys going from Arkansas to South Carolina, do you think their exposure to the poultry industry here is helping them make that decision to go to South Carolina? <laughs> They're just dreaming of, of chickens. They just want to yeah. be a gamecock. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I keep seeing that bird. Um, that's right. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> probably not. But uh, No, probably not. I don't think so either. Yeah. Well, speaking of football, what you know, obviously they're kind of out of the spotlight right now. Mm -hmm. What do you think they're doing? Well, they're still evaluating, obviously, through the transfer portal, um, and they're going through their eight-week winter training cycle. So that it's, has uh, started with the start yes. of class. They start as soon as classes start. Yep. Yep. Well, let's see. They would have. Let's see. I've got them, Rick, going March 7th, just based on their schedule last year and what I've heard through the grapevine 
So does that put them at eight weeks? Oh, gosh, March 7th. Okay, so you got to go four weeks in February with an extra day this year and a week in March. That's five. Yeah, you're probably right. They're probably yeah. in it. If, if it's eight weeks, they're in it. Yeah, well, they're in, I know they're in it. I just don't know exactly when. I assume when school starts is when they, they probably uh, got things going. But, yeah, it's the eight-week cycle, and that means for some players uh, dropping a bunch of weight. For everybody, it means probably getting stronger, and for some it means putting on a lot of weight. And um, there's a lot of new faces up there. I think all but maybe four guys have enrolled early. So there's players that are getting acclimated. It's so good to be able to there's, – there's, you know, one part of me says don't get ahead of yourself as a, as a freshman and, you know, enjoy – go to prom, enjoy all that stuff, you know. Um, but the other side of me knows how important it is if you want to make an early impact to get enrolled early because when you start off as a freshman – and you're able to, and, and you know they've changed some things too. Because in the summer you can, you can go through some workouts and stuff with the coaches, and you can you can learn that way. Where yeah. it used to be, you just had to work with the strength staff. But when you go through spring drills, you start from basically zero, and you know you you go from there. When you start football practice in fall camp, you basically pick up where you left off. And a lot, I mean, you're going to go through install and stuff, but you're you're going at a much faster pace. It's definitely more urgency to get ready for the season um, and you know just talking with freshmen over the last 20 years uh, about their experiences with you know the guys that enroll early versus the guy that enroll enrolls late you know it's basically like just you know starting classes in the middle of classes or walking into the middle of a movie and wanting to know what's you know not understanding what's going on versus starting at the beginning uh, which is what they do in the spring mm -hmm. wow okay but they can't coach them right now, can they? You know, so I'm, no. th I'm thinking you got – did K.J. Jackson, did he come early? Yes. Okay, so you got four quarterbacks on campus, all of whom would like to be the starter. Yes. Can they even meet with Bobby Petrino at this point? How, how do you think he's yeah. – how do you think they're gelling to get them ready for whatever he has in mind? I don't think meeting is, um, is an issue. It's just the, the training and working on, you know – playing football and there you know there used to be things I used to hear stuff you know around the country of you know when they would meet and do workouts they would be doing everything but have a ball there they like have a wadded up towel and that would be the ball <laughs> so yeah, stuff yeah, like that. right but yeah you, you're not allowed to have a ball but uh I'm sorry what was your the end of your question well I'm just trying to think about what Petrino can be working with the, doing mm -hmm. with the quarterbacks to prepare them for what he has in mind I mean, there's no doubt that those guys have playbooks and, um, you know, there's things, there's workarounds, but they're they're limited, obviously, on, you know, meeting with the coaches and, and things like that. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, you rely on the players to lead things like throwing sessions and stuff like that. And so you're going to have a lot of player-led stuff also. Very, very good. That's going to be interesting competition when we get to the spring and to see exactly yeah. what he has in mind. So, so you're thinking the quarterbacks they could right now be working with the receivers. Oh yeah. At times when they're not meeting with coaches. I would be surprised if there's not, you know, a couple of quarterbacks, Jacoby Criswell and Taylor Green, that are trying to take the lead in that area. Um, if they're not, then they're they're probably slacking. <laughs> but they definitely. Um, you know, are going to be working throwing sessions and stuff like that, working on routes and getting timing down. Um, and, again, that's all voluntarily player-led. <laughs>
Does that um, does that mean there's no 20-hour limit at this time of year, or is there, and does voluntary time count? Voluntary time is on your own, yeah. Okay. Voluntary, you know, that's that's all that's all up to the players. You can, you know, you can work on it as much as, as you want. So um, if you're a player, you know, it's just the time with the coaches. So is that – but meeting time is not volunteer time. Like, let's say these four quarterbacks are meeting yeah. with Petrino. Is that volunteer time no, or I don't, is that I don't meeting believe, time? I don't, I don't believe that's what's going on. I don't believe okay. there's, like, meeting with Petrino. You know, you, you know, I was just talking like, you know, you, you know, you can go talk to a coach if you want to, you know, like, you know, you want to talk to him about something, you know, not like a formal meeting. Yeah, okay. And they just might talk about football, huh? Sure. <laughs> you know, they go into assistant it coaches. Came up. It came yeah, up. Yeah, they. You know, these guys get close to their assistant coaches, and uh, that so they can talk about anything. They can come in and say, "Hey, coach, man, I was at Boise State last year. I'm a long way from home, but yeah, nobody spends more time with these players than Ben Souders. Yeah, the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, those You're are right. the guys that year-round spend the most time with the players. And it used to be that those guys weren't compensated at the same level that. You know, assistant coaches. Were. Well, they are they now. Were, you know, they were a step down. But now, you know, they're getting three hundred thousand plus. All right, Trey. Thanks for the time today. Have a great weekend. Thanks,